You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM. It is 23 minutes after 3 o'clock. We're in conversation next with uh, Gustavo Di Cavallo, who is a senior researcher on Russia and Russia-Africa ties at the South African Institute of International Affairs. So post the African Peace Initiative that saw a delegation of African leaders holding talks with Russian President Vladimir Putin and his Ukrainian counterpart, Volodymyr Zelensky, President Cyril Ramaphosa says he is very optimistic that the conflict will be resolved, but were the proposals presented by the African African leaders strong enough to persuade both countries to stop the fighting. Gustavo now joining us on the line. Good afternoon and thank you so much for, for making time for us. Um, Vladimir Putin has characterized it as misguided. What's your observation of this mission? Uh, good afternoon and thank you very much for the invite. Uh, I, I think it was an important visit. I think certainly we see some mixed results in terms of uh, the results that we, we can actually find from that. But it's certainly from the African side by presenting a delegation, a very diverse delegation with a range of countries that have condemned Russia, orders that have abstained from resolutions. It really sh- changes the narratives or has the potential to change the narratives that sees the African continent as the divided in terms of the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, Particularly important for South Africa for me with some statements when uh, President Ramaphosa spoke about uh, the importance of internationally recognized borders, uh, the issue about sovereignty, and that is quite unusual uh, if we have been following that for the last year and a half for the government to so openly to present that. I don't think that it necessarily will create a short-term solution, and I don't think anyone expected that. But it does create a channel of communication between African leaders and the Ukrainians and Russian counterparts, but particularly provides an important pressure point as the two countries starting negotiations around the extension of the grain deals that it should be uh, extended already in the coming weeks. So I think it is an important moment, some confusion, a lot of noise, especially regarding the journalists and the security personnel in Poland, but it is uh, a shift in terms of the positioning of South Africa, and we hope that that shift will continue, that make us actually see the South African actions as being non-aligned as stated by the government. The the issue around um, creating a passage for, for the fertilizers as well as the grain and it, for me, it, it doesn't seem that there has been an agreement on that particular part. Um, and how do we get there? Because for South Africa and Africa uh, as a whole, one of the important bits is the economic implications of this war, but also the issue for South Africa and the continent as well is around food security. Absolutely. And, but I think what it does create is a pressure point. We saw last year in July when President Sall from Senegal and Moussa Faki, chairperson of the African Union, went to speak with Vladimir Putin. That created a different level and degree of legitimacy for the agreement. The agreement was eventually broke by Turkey and the United Nations. And we believe that the, the, these two actors will continue playing a very important role in the negotiations. When we show such a unified front from the continent with countries from 
all of the different regions with different perspectives, with different positions, that shows that the conflict is directly impacting 1.1 billion people in this continent. It does help with the narrative that this corridor of grains and fertilizers needs to continue, not only because we buy a lot of uh, 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 grains and fertilizers from Ukraine and Russia, but particularly that the reduction of uh, 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 those two commodities in the global market created last year a really big spike in terms of the prices and we saw the impact that the, the grain deal had already in the second half of 2022 in terms of food price in a continent that already is suffering a lot for increased inflation, is suffering a lot from the challenges that we've seen in the global economy. So I do think that that particular pressure point, even though it didn't create the immediate results that we would like to see, it will have a direct implication on the way in which the negotiations for the extension of the agreement will be done in the next weeks and months. But earlier on, I was in conversation with uh, the Ukraine ambassador to South Africa, and I asked her about um, about 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 the the application to form part of NATO, which um, the argument has been that this is one of the reasons that have led us to where we are. This is now speaking globally. And Ambassador Avratova said that as far as they're concerned, it's still on the table. Just take a quick listen, also considering, of course, that the NATO summit is happening next month. Yes, more than ever. Um, If uh, we would ask uh, the population of Ukraine to come to the referendum and to vote whether they are seeing Ukraine a member of NATO uh, in 2014. I don't think 50% of Ukrainian population would support this. If we would hold this referendum on the 24th of February last year, already more than 50% of Ukrainian population would vote to become uh, members of NATO. And lastly, if we would need to hold the referendum today, yeah. more than 80% of Ukrainians uh, support this. We need security guarantees, but not only from NATO. I think that as of today, we need security guarantees from as many countries uh, as can uh, provide us with such a security um, confirmation. But uh, the membership in NATO yeah. is definitely something that we will continue to apply for. And how do you see that uh, playing out? And what does it do to negotiations, Gustavo? Certainly the issue of NATO expansion will remain as a very contentious point between in terms of resolving the war. Uh, We will uh, at this stage in the middle of quite a large counteroffensive from the Ukrainian that started three weeks ago. Uh, A lot of movement in the terrain, a lot of uh, we shouldn't really be expecting that any serious negotiation would happen now. Uh, I think what situations like the the African peace mission to Ukraine and Russia are important because they create a space for discussion. But we certainly would be, once we are able, hopefully in the coming months or uh, potentially towards the end of the year, we might be able to create an opening. This will be one of the most difficult issues that the two countries are going to have to engage with one another. And we know and Coming from South Africa, we know that negotiations for transition take a long time and how we would be able to find solutions that are agreeable 
to, to the parties that reduce the instability in the region, but also that reduces the instability globally. So what I think what is important to, and, 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 and I thought it was very important when we looked into what the African leaders did in Ukraine and Russia, is to ensure that they listen to both parties, they listen to their grievances, they listen to what their demands are, and hopefully with that create some channels that will enable the parties to identify a solution, not only that is acceptable to one party or the other, but it's in a way that it creates a stronger degree of stability uh, in the long run for the region, for Europe, but for the globe as a whole. Thank you so much for your time, Gustavo Di Cavallo, who is a senior researcher on Russia-Africa ties at the South African Institute of International Affairs. It's time for the news headlines.